So I really hope you are uh, warm, safe, sound, comfortable at home, uh, on the couch, with your family, whatever your situation is, uh, stay home, uh, don't, don't go out in the slippery roads. But I do hope you're not too comfortable, right? I, I hope you're comfortable but, and safe, but I, don't, I hope you're not uh, sleepy, because we're continuing to look at Luke chapter 10, Jesus' commission to his followers to be sent out on mission. And we, last week, if you weren't with us last week, we talked about verse 1 and 2 of Luke chapter 10. And Jesus gives this commission to all of his followers, right? Not just the professional, the ordained people, not just the gifted people, not just those who are interested in it, but as Tim Keller says, if you're a disciple, you're a messenger. Every disciple is a messenger. That's part of the point of what Jesus is saying. He's commissioning 72, which means everybody. Uh, we're all being sent out, and the first thing we do is we're just supposed to pray. And so uh, I asked us this last week to spend time with Jesus and reflect, what is the commission you've given me? And Lord, help me to pray about that. So this morning, I want us to add on to that. We're going to look at two things in verses 3 to 9 of Luke chapter 10. The first one is, what is the context that Jesus sends us out? What's the context of our commission? And then second, what's the content of our commission, right? What are we supposed to go and do, right? So context and then content, that's what we're doing this morning. So um, let me read for our passage. Let me read all of Luke 10, 1 to 9. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals. Greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Then heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, enable us now, Lord, distributed over uh, many different places, but you've formed us to be one people, one church, one congregation. Enable us now, oh, Holy Spirit, to worship you, to understand Jesus' words, his commission to us. Enable each of us to hear your voice. Lord, speak to each one of us. We long to hear your words. We long to have you apply them in very particular, purposeful ways in our lives. So would you please do that, Lord? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you were here last Sunday, right, we were, were commissioned to go forth. Um, did you reflect on what your commission might look like? Did you at least scratch out some, some rough notes? This is where I think it might look like this, and... Then did you pray, Lord, 
I'm praying for your harvest. You say I should pray for your harvest. Your, it's your harvest. It's, it's not some kind of, something I've made up in my mind. I pray that it would expand and grow. Your harvest would glorify you. Lord, send out workers. Did, did you do that? I hope so. But continuing on now, Jesus says, what's the context that he's going to send us out in? So it's verse 3. Go your way, Jesus says to us. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Wait a minute. Uh, Jesus, I don't really like that analogy. Could you give me another one? No? Now, Jesus, could I give you some offer and some suggestions? No, not really. Uh, wait, I don't like this. Lambs in the midst of wolves are very vulnerable. You know what? I don't like being vulnerable. Jesus, could we do something different, please? Jesus, I got an idea. How about you send us out as lions in the midst of wolves? That would be cool. Could we do that? No? Oh. Lambs? Lambs it is? Oh. All right, Jesus. Uh, I, don't really, I don't really like that. Uh, I'm not sure how I can... I, could we be rhinos in the midst of wolves? Could we be grizzly bears in the midst of wolves? No. You know, even the best case scenario, you can imagine this little tough lamb, right? He's been working out, he's at the gym, he's, got, he's, all, he's all macho and confident, he's got a muscle t-shirt on. Even that, I mean, lambs in the midst of wolves is just sought with vulnerability, with, with uh, danger is everywhere. And yet, for some reason, Jesus wants us, this is how Jesus is sending us out. So we need to kind of come to grips with this. Now, in quote one of the bulletin, the very top of the bulletin, Matthew's version is a little bit easier to take. It says, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Well, that's, that's a good, that's, that's how we should think about things. Okay, that's good. Uh, Jesus said many he repeated the same thing multiple times. So Luke's giving us a slightly different version. And Luke's version is like, he doesn't add in that extra stuff. He just says, you know, you're going into a vulnerable situation. Why in the world is Jesus sending us forth in a vulnerable situation? Um, notice verse 4, it, cheer up, it gets worse. Care, verse 4, carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, greet no one on the way. So we don't get to go fully overstocked and fully prepared and like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, actually leaving the house just in case something happened, I brought extra jacket, rain jacket, and my uh, duck boots just in case. We don't, Jesus is like, no, just go with the basics, right? Um, so, and you know, it says no sandals. I think it, it says carry no bag, carry no sandals. So most commentators think, you do get to wear sandals. It's just you're not carrying an extra pair of sandals. Because uh, sandals were, like, almost everybody wore basic uh, sandals um, or shoes. So what's the point here? I think the first, there's maybe three points. The first point is we're supposed to go out in dependence on the Lord. Right? We're supposed to be going forth, relying on him. We don't have everything we need. We're in we're a vulnerable situation. We have to depend on him. We need his strength to work in us. We have to cling to him. Right? It's not like go forth in a fake strength. Go forth. You can do it. Um, no, we go forth uh, in dependence on him. 
You know, there are some situations that are not as difficult as we imagine them to be, right? Uh, and there's, that, there's that phrase that says, in the land of the blind, the one-man king, the one-man is, the, one at, the one-eyed man is king. In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, right? I only have one eye. It's a terrible situation, but everybody else is blind, so I've, I'm, I'm doing great, right? Sometimes we psych ourselves out and we think, this situation is going to be so hard, I won't be able to accomplish it, and it turns out to not be that hard. And if we go forth in confidence, it works. But there's other situations where the situation is actually much more complicated and difficult than we think it is. And if we go into those situations overconfident, it produces bad results, right? Like, like oh, you've, I'm pretty good with fixing cars. I always fix my dad's 1970 pickup truck. I'm pretty good with this. Let me work on my new 2000, uh, 2022 car. No, bad idea, right? There's all kinds of incredibly complex electronics in the new car. It's just not simple like cars used to be. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to make a muck, muck of the whole thing. Perhaps Jesus in some way is saying, don't go forth overconfident because overconfidence in this situation is going to be a bad result. You're going to come forth as arrogant, perhaps, or you're going to get yourself in trouble. Don't, so Jesus wants us to know, I'm sending you forth into a vulnerable situation. You need to go dependent on me, calling out to me, looking to me to help you in the midst of that. So another thing that might be behind this is how did Jesus go forth in the Gospels? Was Jesus a lion in the midst of wolves when he was born as a baby in a, in a barn? And he was actually he was laid in the, the food bowl of the animals, right? He, he was persecuted. Herod tried to kill him when he was two years old, right? The the scribes and the Pharisees are rejecting him, and they're trying to, they're figuring out, they're trying to kill him. And eventually he's arrested, tortured, and hung on a cross to die. Did Jesus come forth as a lion in the midst of wolves? No, Jesus came forth in vulnerability. And even, if you'll remember last summer, we looked at Luke chapter 9, and there Jesus says to his disciples twice in Luke chapter 9, you know, I'm going to, we are going to Jerusalem. And I'm going to be arrested, and I'm going to suffer, and they're going to put me to death, but I will rise on the third day. But so Jesus goes forth in vulnerability um, as, he go, as he journeys to Jerusalem. And so there's a certain way in which we are attached to Jesus. Right? Our faith has united, united us with him, and it's also united us to this. There's a weakness in the gospel, and there's a way in which God, in God's wisdom, the gospel has to come forth weak in a weakness, right? God could have said, I'm sending you Jesus as the lion the first, in the first instant, I'm, and you're going to be a conqueror, and you're going to kill everybody who's your enemy, um, but that doesn't save us. Jesus had to come and die for us. So we're united to Jesus' weakness in a certain way. So as an illustration, imagine you're not married um, and all of a sudden, you're getting married, and you're marrying um, this person, but your spouse has deformity in their ankles, and they can't, their ankles can't support weight. 
Imagine that's the case. But you're getting married, and your spouse has to be in a wheelchair. Your spouse's weakness now becomes really the weakness of the whole family, right? It's part of your family culture that we are a family together, but uh, uh, dad has to be in a wheelchair. And, and it affects what the family does, right? We're, we're all, we're, as husband and wife, you're united together. And in one sense, your weaknesses, you, both of them share them, right? So we share, we're united to Jesus by faith, but, and we share his weakness. We share the weakness of the gospel in a certain sense. And so we're sent out vulnerable. But also, Jesus was arrested and suffered and died, but he rose, right? He rose again from the dead. So Jesus does have a great strength, right? He comes as the, as the lamb initially, but he's going to come as the, as the lion, right? So Jesus rose from the dead, conquering death and conquering the devil. And so there is a great strength also that we're united to. And so I think we need to just remember we're united to both. So we're sent out, we are sent out as lambs in the midst of wolves. But in one sense, Jesus the lion is standing behind us. Or maybe another way to put it is we are lambs in the midst of wolves, but Jesus the great shepherd, right? John says Jesus is the good shepherd twice in uh, John 10. But our benediction from Hebrews says Jesus is the great shepherd. Jesus the great shepherd is with us. So that's how we go forth. We have to go in dependence upon Jesus' victory for us, even as we go forth in weakness. And so application here. Uh, younger kids, and maybe middle school, high schoolers, maybe you can do this. I wonder, could you make a drawing, a picture of verses, verse 3? Could you pick, make a picture of us as lambs, or a lamb, in the midst of wolves, but behind us is either Jesus the Lion of Judah or Jesus the Great Shepherd, right? And the lamb, Jesus is watching over his lambs as his lambs are dependent upon him. He is making sure the context is going to work out. It's still a threat. It's still a difficult environment, but it's, do, it's more than doable because we have Jesus, the great shepherd, the lion of Judah watching over us. So, kids, if you could draw that up, that would be great. And you know what? If, if, could you then go take that picture to your parents? Because you know what? They need to be reminded of that. And could you go and tell them what's going on? Mom, Dad, I know sometimes we really we feel like this lamb in the midst of the wolves. And it's not easy. But, Mom, Dad, we have a great shepherd. We have the Lion of Judah who is able to lead us forth in this mission. Mom, Dad, believe, you got to believe that. Right? Sometimes, kids, your parents need you to preach the gospel to them, and especially uh, if you can make a picture of that. And maybe, and bring, it, bring your pictures next week, and we'll, we'll share them together. Uh, for those who, don't, those who don't have kids at home, to make pictures, we'll share them with you next week. So the context we're sent forth is of certain matter of vulnerability. Um, so, oh, and if you're still like, you know, I, I'm just a scared soul. I, I just have too much trouble with vulnerability. I, I, I just get freaked out. Look at the second quote in the bulletin. 
This is much later in the Gospel of, of Luke, chapter 22. Jesus says to them, When I sent you out with no money bag or traveler's bags or sandals, you didn't lack anything, did you? They replied, Nothing. He said to them, But now the one who has a money bag must take it, the traveler's bag too, um, go forth. So here's Jesus testifying. He's talking with his disciples, saying, I sent you out as lambs amidst of wolves without extra supplies. How did it go? The apostles are saying, it, you know, it went fine, actually, because you were with us. You enabled us. So here's a testimony that uh, by faith in Jesus, it will go fine because the Lord is in control. It's just the context that he's sending us out is one of lambs and midst of wolves. All right, so that's the context of Jesus' mission that he's commissioned each of us to. So what's the content of mission? What's, what is it where he's sending us out to do? Um, that really starts um, in verse 5. So whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house, and if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they welcome, receive you, eat what's set before you, heal the sick in it, say to them, the kingdom of God is come near to you. So I think there's three what's that we do when we're sent forth in commission, in mission. First is verse six, verse five. First say, peace be to this house. I think we're supposed to go forth and speak blessings of peace to those around us. And we'll talk about that more in a second. So that's the first one. Speak blessings of peace. Give peace. Um, the second is verse nine. Heal the sick. That's mercy, right? People are lacking. The sick person lacks health. Lots, everybody's lacking various things. But God is, we were lacking so much, but God showed mercy to us. So out of the mercy that Jesus has shown you, offer mercy to others. Freely seeking their wholeness, their goodness, their completeness. That's the second one. The third thing we do is say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Right? We speak forth the fact Jesus has come. Jesus is setting up his kingdom. It is true. It is real. Right? So the last one is more con is spoken proclamation of the gospel itself. Right? The second one is people have a variety of needs, and God has met our needs, so we're supposed to be those that have a heart to meet others' needs. But the first one is, is to proclaim blessing. So let's come back to this first one. So uh, it, when he says, say peace to this house, he doesn't just mean, hey, how you doing? Hey, have a good time. Uh, hope you're having a peaceful day. Right? Peace in our culture is sort of, it's either like just uh, a mamby-pamby surface level, uh, everything's going nice, or it's some sort of uh, peace is the only thing that matters. It's some sort of uh, different, world, different worldview that uh, glorifies peace at the cost of everything, right? That, uh, I should say, that sacrifices truth for the sake of peace. Right? There's that element in our world. 
But this is a blessing of peace, and the peace here means salvation. Because Luke uses the word peace uh, just in his gospel 12 times. And then in Acts, there's more times. And so when Luke uses the word peace, he means like the Hebrew sense of, of salvific shalom. Like shalom, everything is put right. Your relationship with God is put right. Your relationship with each other is put right. You're put right. Salvation, it's, peace in Luke means salvation, right? In uh, Matthew only uses it twice. Mark uses it only once. It's special word to Luke. And so Luke wants us to know uh, that we say a blessing of peace. So, um, let's see, wait, where? So, because there's a few places that it's used in, in Luke. So, in Luke 2, you have Simeon, and Simeon, when he sees Jesus, he says, Now you're letting your servant depart in peace. Right? Depart means to die. He doesn't just mean, I'm, I'm going to die happy, right? No, he means I'm going to die in the midst of your salvation, right? Or to um, one of the people, he says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. It's not your faith has saved you, so just go on your happy, lucky way. No, go on living in the midst of salvation. And so what this is, is it's a blessing of peace. It's not necessarily saying you must believe the gospel. It's, it's wishing for people that the benefits of the gospel would be theirs, right? It's, it's, nobody blesses each other anymore, but as followers of Jesus, you and I have things to bless people with, right? Life is different for us in, under in Christ's salvation, right? The world is not topsy-turvy, utter chaos, right? So we should have a different response at some level, at least, to COVID and to different difficulties in the world because Jesus has claimed us and loved us and died for us. So um, my neighbor the other day, I was, was pulling out garbage cans and saw her and she's like, I said, how's things going? She's like, oh man, we're just really struggling in the midst of Omicron. Uh, and I'm wringing my hands all the time. And, and I thought, she needs a blessing of peace. She, she, needs, she, needs, uh, she needs hope, right? That things don't have to be like that. And it doesn't mean uh, you stop at the moment and you say, well, you know, if you put your faith in Jesus, it's, that's not what blessing is. It's, and I didn't get this perfectly right, but it's like, no, I have confidence. Let me lend you some of my confidence that things will work out, right? Because we have, and in your head, you're like, Father, I have a loving Heavenly Father who is in control of all things. And so I thank you, Lord, that I don't have to be wringing my hands about everything. But, Lord, would you somehow help her see that that could be hers as well? Right? Let me. So I think it's not easy to figure out what you actually say. But I think you want to try to start to share the confidences, the hope, the security that you have with others. Um, so that's blessing of peace that, that we give to others. So it might be as simple as just saying, oh, I'm, I, 
I think we, we're going to get through this OK. I, I have great confidence that, that uh, we'll be led through this. Right? It's, so it's this first aspect of saying peace to the person is, is some aspect of sharing the confidence you have because of what Jesus has done for you. And then hopefully, and praying for that person that that might become true for them. Um, and that you might be able to have conversations as you go on in the future about what that is. And so if it's your neighbor, you're going to keep seeing them. So you don't have to try to download all the hope of the gospel in one uh, moment upon them. But for others, maybe if it's, you know, this, you run across someone who is lacking in peace, that the situation in the world are undoing them, maybe you do, have, you do say, you know, I have great hope and, and that that God has me in control because he has loved me and, and proclaimed his truth to me in Christ Jesus. You know, could I, let me just share some hope with you, Lord. It, it, to this person, um, things can go, things can be much different than the anxiety you're experiencing. So I don't know what it is, but it's, it's sharing blessing, blessing of salvation that you have in Jesus. Um, and then the next one, the second one, is heal the sick. Right? So we've been, we are recipients of God's mercy to us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't, weren't even asking for it, right? We were, we were enemies of God, holding him at bay, and yet he comes to us and says, Rush, you are broken. Let me heal you. I am going to enter into your life, call you to myself, and I'm going to bring my restoring, healing gospel to you and... Um, I'm going to shower you in, in my mercy. So I actually have something to give now because Jesus gave it to me. Right? I've experienced God's mercy. And so the second one is we share that mercy with others. Right? We see people in need, and it doesn't matter if they deserve it, if they're asking for it. We, seek, we ask, Lord, give me eyes to see how can I minister wholeness to, to this person. Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm a lamb in the midst of wolves. This isn't easy. I'm not an expert at this, but Holy Spirit, would you just prompt me to know how I could help this person in some situation? And so it's not out of our strength. It's out of this vast capacity of mercy that God's shown to us, so we show that to others. And then third is we, we say to people, the kingdom of God has come near. So here's where we're actually speaking the gospel message. Jesus is king. Jesus is savior. Jesus is Lord. And he, has, he is working out his kingdom in our midst. It is real and true. It's, it's, not, it's not a myth. It's not just in your head. It's, Jesus is spiritually working out his gospel in this world. And you can be part of it, right? Here's the gospel message that, that the Father sent the Son to redeem us, to bridge the gap of broken relationship between us and God. And Jesus, in his life, his death on the cross for us, his resurrection, does bridge it. Jesus completely bridges the gap between God and us, healing all of that alienation so that we're actually adopted as sons and daughters. We're called sons and daughters of the King. Right? So, Jesus is working that out in the world. And so sometimes that mission is, well, eventually it can get to the kingdom of God is at hand and it's come near to you. Here, here's the good news of who Jesus is. 
So that's the commission. It's those three things. It's sometimes, and they kind of go in order of intensity and engagement. Right? So there's lots, there should be lots of times where we can give a blessing of peace to people. Right? And it doesn't have to be weird. Maybe the person's like, oh, that was odd, but it was oddly good. Like, nobody ever blesses me. Right? So we should be a people that offer blessing to people. We all, then we engage, and there's, people have needs, and so we step into those needs because God has stepped into our need and healed us. And then, and then the most engagement is we talk about the gospel message, and we say, you can respond as well to Jesus as your king, your lord, your shepherd, your friend. And I think what Jesus is doing here is it's not so much of okay, here's a big church program we're all going out two by two. I think this is, Jesus has put us in different places naturally, sovereignly, right? There's, we have certain work contexts. We are in different neighborhood contexts. We have hobby contexts of interacting with people. Each one of us, where God has put us, that's where we start doing these different, these three things. So, um, yeah, so that's how Jesus is sending us forth. Now, there is one thing that's predicated here. If Jesus is just a good teacher, if he's just an ethical man and has the... Maybe Jesus, you think, you know, Jesus just has the best ethical system that there is in the world. I should follow him. That's not going to enable us to do this. But if you look at the third quote in the bulletin, I'm pulling this from a little bit later in Luke 10, and we'll look at it again, but I just want us to realize the uniqueness and the glory of who Jesus is. And because Jesus is unique in his glory, he can, he has done this work within us, and he can do this through us. So Jesus says, verse 21, Luke chapter 10, in that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise understanding. You revealed them to little children. That's us. He's revealed them to us who are followers of Jesus. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And now listen to this. No one, Jesus' words, no one knows who the Son is except the Father. No one knows who the, the Son is except the Father. What if I said, Nobody really knows who I am, who Ross is, except God the Father. You'd be like, no, that's not true. We know who you are. We, we know a lot about you and your, your quirks and your weaknesses and your strengths. We know all about you, right? If you come to any human being, you can be like, you can get to know a human being, right? But Jesus says, no one is, knows who I am except the Father. That God the Father that's a statement of incredible, either infinite arrogance or the reality that Jesus is utterly unique. He's not just a normal human being that, that anybody could get to know and be like, oh, I know Jesus. Because, because Jesus is fully God and fully human together, and humans can't know God like we know humans, right? So this statement, nobody knows the Son except the Father, it is a statement of Jesus' unique glory, of his utter difference from us. That, that's, it's an incomparable statement. 
It either is Jesus is an arrogant, crazy man, or he's the son of God, and he has to reveal himself for me to get to know him. Does that make sense? So it's that unique glory of Jesus who's done a work, spiritual glorious work in your life and in my life, and it's out of that salvation that we are going forth and we have something to share. If Jesus didn't do a glorious spiritual work of salvation within me, I don't have hardly anything to share. I've got a couple common grace ideas. But, but Jesus say, no, I've blessed you so you can bless others. I've been merciful to you so you can be merciful to others. I've brought the gospel to you so you can point others to the gospel. Um, yeah, let's um, stop. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that um, 21 to 24 in the future, but it's, it's help. we have to see Jesus' unique glory. So, um, so in wrapping up, if, if you're not a follower of Jesus at the moment, could I, could I just encourage you to uh, think about that phrase? Nobody knows who the Son is except the Father. That's testifying to Jesus' glory. And then what's the fullness of that reality? It's the Nicene Creed. All right, it's printed right in the, the bulletin. You can get on the website. If you're trying to figure, if you want to know who is Jesus, what is Christianity all about, go to the Nicene Creed and start to read it. Read it slowly and read it again and highlight the stuff. This doesn't make sense to me. This, I really have big questions about that. Oh, this is really interesting. Come and let's, we'd love to talk with you about it. We'd, we'd love to be servants to help you to come and have embraced the fullness of the salvation that Jesus has brought about for us. But if you're a follower of Jesus, then we're also messengers. We're commissioned ones. And so we are sent out in the midst of vulnerability, but the great shepherd is with us, so he will keep us safe. We don't go forth in arrogance. We go forth in humility because the situation is dire, but he's with us. And what do we do? We bless as we've been blessed. We show mercy as we've been showed mercy. We, we take some of the, the great pool of gospel resources that Jesus has put in our hearts and we offer it to others. So that's the context and the content of Jesus' mission. We'll continue to unpack uh, uh, Luke 10. Um, it's going to get difficult next week, but focus on this week. Ask Holy Spirit, uh, would you help me to bless my neighbors? Would you help me to bless my coworkers? Who, would you have, give me eyes to see who can I speak a gospel blessing to? Who, who you put in my life that needs uh, mercy, that needs the gospel? Jesus, may you use us for your glory. Father, would you apply these things individually to our hearts? Would you give us confidence, Lord, that you've done a great spiritual work within us and it's out of the overflow of that that you enable us to go forth in commission and mission to bless others. Even in the midst of vulnerability and weakness, help us to have confidence in you, Jesus, that we can go forth because you are with us. Help us to know that you've given us the resources to give to others, uh, that your name might be glorified. In your name, Jesus. Amen. <laughs>